Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, Warehouse Church. Thank you for having us into your homes today to be part of your family worship experience. I want to thank Katie and our band for the great job that they did with worship this morning. I know that was an encouragement and a blessing to you. Thank you, Johnny, for that kind introduction. And I know Johnny's going to talk to you at the end of our service today about some announcements and things like that. But we're just, we're really blessed and honored uh, to be with you today. Uh, Some of you that were here for our couples um, experience that we had about a month ago, uh, date night, we played a game called uh, Hill Song or Regular Song or something like that. And um, I found some lyrics today that we could play that game with where you may think it's a Hill Song song or you may think it's a song uh, that a secular artist did. And so here's, here are some of the uh, lyrics for that. It says, when you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. The second verse, it says, when you're down and out, when you're on the street, when everything falls so hard, I will comfort you. Some of you know those lyrics. It's from a song by Simon and Garfunkel that was recorded in 1970, uh, which is making me feel really old because I remember that. I know that song very, very well. But the song's called Like a Bridge Over Troubled Waters. And we're kind of uh, wanting to be that way as a church today. We want to be a bridge over troubled waters uh, for you and for your family during this just very, uh, you know, uh, vulnerable time for all of us, uh, for our country, and even for the world. Uh, and, and as much as, you know, one of the things that's kind of comforted me uh, in my prayers, you know, talking to the Lord and calling people, I, uh, my, my heart for our missionaries is really uh, just growing uh, as I'm praying for them more than probably I ever had before in my whole life, uh, knowing that, you know, here in the United States, as hard as it is for us, Imagine missionaries living in third world countries where testing and good hospital care and, and, and food, even though we're running out of toilet paper everywhere, but food is not in the abundance that it is here. So uh, I hope this much is, is an encouragement to you. We're still in the series uh, called Spring Training. The idea of that series was that we wanted to, to, to kind of study the personal communication that Jesus had with his disciples. Uh, he went out and did miracles, and they came back and kind of had a campfire experience at the end of the night, and he was able to talk to them. He would share parables, and they would say, hey, Jesus, can you tell us what that meant? We weren't tracking with you. And he would say, well, if you have ears to hear, I want you to hear, but I need you to pay attention. And sometimes they, they, were, they were hearing, but they weren't really listening, and I know we can all relate to that uh, in our own lives. Uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, one of the most humbling things for me in sharing this message with you, I, I plan on doing this. This particular passage with this message idea, probably about two months ago before we were even fully engulfed in this coronavirus thing. It was just something that was talked about overseas, and we hoped it wouldn't come here. We had no idea that this would be something that we would be talking about, and sports would be canceled, and uh, um, TV's altered, and, and entertainment's altered, right? These important things in our lives. But even the shortages at the grocery stores and all these things, that, and, and, and people getting sick, and even people that have passed away and families that are grieving. I mean, this is really a, 
uh, something that, that, that I believe that if we depend on the Lord and stay connected to the church, we can really do some great things uh, for the kingdom of God. But I'm going to read for you a passage out of John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. <clears throat> and the very first part of that passage, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you now, I just want to read this first part to you and give you a little backdrop for this. Jesus told his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, to give you an idea of why he said that, in the previous chapter, John chapter 13, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And the very, one of the first things he does is he washes their feet. Peter says to Jesus, oh, you're not going to wash my feet. Uh, I would never let you do that. And Jesus said, well, if you don't do that, then you can't be part of what I'm doing. And then Peter says, well, Lord, don't wash my feet. Wash my whole body kind of a thing. Later on in that chapter, Jesus predicts Peter's uh, denial three times. When, when, Jesus, when, when, when Peter asked the Lord, Lord, where are you going? Jesus said, well, where I'm going, you can't follow me right now. And Peter said, I want to follow you. I'll lay my life down for you. It makes that big, big statement, right? And this is at the, at the, at the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper that they, that they shared together before Jesus was going to be taken away and illegally, illegally tried, crucified, died, and, and rose again. But Jesus tells these guys that, that Peter's going to deny him three times. Really, in John chapter 13, he's kind of getting to the real and the raw of what's going on in Jesus' life, basically telling them he's going to be arrested, he's going to be taken away, he's going to die, pay for our sins. But the disciples, they just weren't, they kind of weren't getting that, you know? And then Jesus kind of looks at them in their eyes and he says, hey guys, let not your hearts be troubled. And I want to read that passage to you in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. God's word says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you will also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas, you know, Thomas kind of had this reputation. They call him Doubting Thomas because of a couple statements he made in the Gospels. One took place later in John. He said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And man, what a great, great verse this is. John chapter 14, verse number six. Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We've been using baseball as a theme throughout this, uh, through this series. It's called spring training, and obviously baseball is not happening right now. And uh, many of you that know me know I'm a big sports fan. My dad took me to many games as I was a kid. And I'll never forget, every once in a while when I was, when I was really young, uh, we would get uh, tickets given to us by some of my dad's suppliers from the store. And there was one game in particular I remember um, uh, that the Phillies were playing. I think they were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. And we had super box seats. And super box seats meant that there was a buffet. And it was air-conditioned. And we got programs and a baseball hat, and, and there was only about 15 or 20 people in the box. We got there nice and early so we could sit in the front row right on the edge. We were kind of overlooking the field, and we were up in the second level. It was just a beautiful, beautiful box. Roast beef and meatball sandwiches and cheesesteaks and all those Philly delights that, frankly, I can't enjoy anymore. But anyway, so we were there in the box. It was really great. And I was sitting there, I had a program in my hand. My dad taught me how to keep score during the game, so I had my little golf pencil, and I was making all the lines, and, 
uh, SO5 and KO7 and all these things, do all the positions. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, a, a left-handed batter, Len Matuzak comes up, hits the ball, comes back, foul ball, right towards me. And my dad looked at me and said, Eddie, the ball's coming at you. So I leaned over, and instead of putting my sandwich down and the program down, I had those two things in my hand. God forbid I dropped my food, right? And I reached out to catch the ball with my food in my hand and the program in my hand. And the ball, I, I trapped the ball for like a microsecond, and then it squirted out and dropped. And I looked down, and somebody else caught the ball. And typical to Philadelphia fans, I got booed by the Philadelphia Philly. I had a Philly hat on, Philly t-shirt on, dropped a foul ball, 11-year-old kid, and I got booed. I was absolutely dejected. And my dad was trying to comfort me. It kind of ruined for the moment this great experience I was having at this ball game. But I remember my dad saying to me, he said, Eddie, don't worry. You'll get another one. It's going to happen again. This time, have your food down and drop your program. Don't worry about that and catch that ball. Well, this was 42 years ago. I love my dad, but dad, it hasn't happened yet. And I try to go to as many games as I can because that prophecy that you made in my life is going to be fulfilled. But I know why you said those things to me. You said those things to me because my heart was troubled. And I know it was something insignificant. It wasn't that big of a deal. But I know that there's a lot of things we go through in our life where we look for comfort. Right now, we're looking for comfort. We're looking for peace. We're looking for the peace of God that passes all understanding. We're looking for words of comfort to say the people that are going through this time. Now think about this. Jesus just told his disciples, a couple of you are going to deny, you're going to deny me, you're going to be a traitor, I'm going to be crucified, there's a lot of cray-cray coming your way in the next couple days, but here's what I want you to understand. Don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, I want you to believe in me. And here's the big picture. In my father's house, there are many, many mansions. If that wasn't the truth, I wouldn't have told you that. And I'm actually leaving. I've talked to you about leaving, right, just a few moments ago. But I'm leaving to prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to leave and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back again, bring you to me so that where I am, that's where you're going to be too. And Jesus offered these unbelievable words of comfort for you and for, not only for his disciples, but for you and I when our hearts are troubled. And here's some things he wanted us to understand about our hearts being troubled uh, when we go through this time, because here's the thing. Jesus told his disciples in, in, in some chapters that are coming up, when he prayed for himself in John chapter 17, he prayed for his disciples, and then he also prayed for you and I, those that are reached because of the ministry of the disciples in the future. He prayed for you and I, and he told us, hey, just like the world hates me, it's going to hate you too. Just like the world put me through hell, you're going to be put through hell too. But here's the thing. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you get through this. I'm going to be your bridge over troubled waters. So when our hearts are troubled, here's some things that I hope that you can share with one another. Make this experience online for you and your family something that is an encouragement. I would encourage you to talk about it. I would encourage you to, to pray about some of these principles Mom and dad, maybe you can even have some of your kids take some notes. They'll be up on the screen. It's going to be pretty easy for you to do that. You can look at version 
uh, on your apps, and you can find it through that, and we'll put some information up on the screen for you to do that as well. But let me share with you some things that Jesus and God, our Heavenly Father, wants you to know when your hearts are troubled. Here's the first thing. God wants us to trust in Him, trust in God, in His Son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse number 1, it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I got you. If you believe in God, then I want you to also believe in me. Now, Jesus wasn't just saying that as, as two separate statements. They were very joined and relative because in John chapter 14, it's one of the few chapters, not few chapters in the Bible, but it's a very clear picture uh, in, in John chapter 14, 15, 16, and even into 17 of the Trinity or the triunity of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Specifically here in John 14, we see the ministry of all three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit uh, in this chapter. And Jesus was saying, you believe in God, believe also in me for this reason. You believe in God, well, I am he. And he would make those statements even after he was arrested. You say that you're the king of the Jews, they said to Jesus. Jesus said to them, I am. And one time when he said that, it kind of made, you remember the Lion King when the hyenas and those guys were talking about, oh, what's his name, what's his name, what's his name? It's Mufasa, ooh, it's Mufasa. They would kind of go back a little bit and be a little bit scared to hear his name. Well, that's what happened when Jesus said, I am. The Bible says that they kind of took a couple steps back a little bit when Jesus said, I am. Man, they knew the significance of that statement because that was one of the names of God in the Old Testament. But Jesus is saying, just like you believe in God, that he's the creator, that he's my father, that he's the everlasting, that he is the sustainer of the universe, that he's the almighty, well, guess what? That's my dad. I am part of him. And he's going to introduce to them someone in the Holy Spirit that's going to be with them after he leaves in just a few moments. But when our hearts are troubled, God wants us to trust in him. Listen, I'm thankful for the United States of America. Whether you like our government, whether you like our president, whoever you're going to vote for, let's go through all that drama in September and October. Ugh, just can't wait for all that to happen. Uh, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, of course. But I'm going to say this to you. As much good as we perceive, and, and we're hoping that our country does with the stimulus package, daily updates, and how they're trying to, to help us to be safe during this time, our trust is in God Almighty. We have to trust in Him through this. That's additional support that we all need from our government. I get that. But our trust is in the Lord our God. And, and Jesus wanted them to understand some things, some things that he told them in John chapter 13, as, as well as, as he introduces in John chapter 14. He wants us to trust in him as God's son, as God in the flesh himself, the incarnate God. But he wants us to understand, he wants us to under, he wants us to kind of know that we may not understand everything that's happening right now, but you will. That's what he said to the disciples. He told Peter that, I, I have to wash your feet because this is what God told me to do. Don't you want to be part of me? I have to leave you in order for my job to be completed. Oh, I don't want you to go. I would die for you. Peter, like the rest of the disciples, didn't understand the completed work of Jesus Christ that was going to have to take place in order for the world to be saved from their sins. We may not understand right now the implications of this coronavirus. We may not understand even what's in front of us we don't know if it's going to get better or worse yet. You know, we're, we're trusting in a lot of things. 
but we can trust in God. Even if we don't understand right now, we will have an understanding of the big picture from God someday. Jesus said in John chapter 13, you don't realize, John chapter 13, verse number 7, you don't realize right now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. I think we could take that verse and apply that to our lives right now. We don't understand everything that's going on right now, but God's going to give us the ability to do that at some time. Things that do not make sense, things that did not make sense to the disciples had to happen. John 16, Jesus says, I, I, but really I'm, I have to tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. They didn't understand that. They didn't understand. The, the guy that was doing all these miracles and speaking words of life, listen, the guy that they thought was on the earth to set up God's kingdom then, they didn't understand the crucifixion part and all that. What they understood was that he's here now. We know that he's God's son. We see that his power. We see who he is. We're starting to get an understanding that he's not just a man or a prophet or anything like that. But here's what we do know, that that, that he's bigger than anything that we are. And Jesus says, but I'm going to tell you it is good. It's for your good that I'm going away. And unless I go away, the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I do go, I'm going to send him to you. And boy, what a significant thing that is for all of us as believers because Jesus died. He rose again. Acts chapter 1 tells us he ascended up into heaven. Acts chapter 2 tells us the Holy Spirit came and indwelt all people that believed and knew and, and put their faith and trust in Jesus. First Corinthians, First Corinthians tells us that you and I are the temple of God. The Old Testament teaches us the temple was here on the earth to be a manifestation of God's presence. God lived inside the temple. His presence was in the temple. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit at that very moment, lives inside of you, and you become a physical manifestation of the presence of God here on this earth because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It's amazing. But it didn't make sense. Jesus said, I have to leave so something better than me can come. Jesus was with them, with the 12, with the 70, with the 500, with the small group, but the Holy Spirit was going to come and be a part of every believer's life in a very, very personal way. We have to trust in God and his son Jesus. Why? Because he lives. Because he lives. John 14, 19, it says this, before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. We have to put our full faith and trust in God and his son Jesus Christ. Here's the second thing that Jesus wanted us to understand in this passage of scripture. He is preparing for us to be with him. Um, we've encouraged people just to kind of do this in their homes. We were going to do life group thing, but with the president's announcement, just to have people, just to have groups of 10 or less. I mean, just my family alone with my son-in-laws, um, my girls, and my grandkids. We're like at 11 or 12, and we're kind of stretching it a little bit, but we're all family. But when we have guests, we have some preparations we do. If we have time, then we take our time and get the house ready. But sometimes there's those moments that somebody comes over at the last minute. Last night we had our girls over and we had a great time. The grandkids were there. We, we, you know, we had pizza and did all this other stuff. But just before they were coming, Kim and I were running around the house. We cleaned the bathrooms up and we straightened this out. We got threw some stuff in the oven and we did this and we did this. And we were preparing our place for them. Jesus said, 
I'm going to leave you. And when I leave, I'm going to start preparing a place for you. John 14, 3 says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back. I'm, go I'm leaving to get something ready for you, but I'm going to come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. He's preparing a place for you and I. He's preparing us to be with him. And, and why did he do that? Well, it's, it's because simply that God demonstrated his love. Romans 5.8. I, I say this verse so much, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I may even have it somewhere on one of my arms in, a, in an ink kind of a thing. But Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love. He, did, he didn't just say, I love you. He did something about it by allowing his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and pay for our sins. And it's just not a demonstration of love. It's God's lavishing love. It's God's lavishing love. Ephesians 1, it says this in verse number 7 and 8. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches, listen to this, the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. You know what lavishing love is? It's not just one of those, you know, little, you know, when we're past the coronavirus, we're not to shake hands and hug again. Sunday morning, we'll get up and we'll say to everybody, hey, welcome to Warehouse Church. Walk around the auditorium, say hi to seven or eight people. My wife will tell people to shake hands. She'll tell them to hug every once in a while. We haven't told people to greet each other with a holy kiss yet, but we do encourage everybody to kind of demonstrate a little bit of love. I think about lavishing love like when my grandkids come to my house. I love when my grandkids come over to my house because I want to stand at the door. I want them to see me, and I want them to say, Pop, and I want them to run into my arms. I'm going to pick them up, and I kiss them all over the face, and I hug them, and I hug them, and I hug them, and I lavish my love on them because I want them to know how much I love them. This is what the Bible says our Heavenly Father does to you and I. He, he gave us this love, this amazing amount of grace in our lives, in accordance with his riches, he's lavishing his love on us with all wisdom and understanding. He's preparing a place for us. Do you think the place that he's preparing for us is a little nicer than the place where you're living now? A little nicer than we could even imagine? I think it is. He's preparing a place for us, and this is something else Jesus wanted us to understand. He wants us to understand the relationship with God, who he was in God, God's son, incarnate in the flesh. But he also wanted us to understand the way to have a relationship with God had to come through him. Jesus is the way. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody could come to the Father except through me. You can't have a relationship with God the Father separate from Jesus Christ. A lot of people believe in God. The Bible says that, ain't, that, that the devils believe in who God is, and they tremble. But they don't have the personal relationship with the forgiveness of sins opportunity that you and I have. You could say you believe in God, but you don't have a relationship with God apart from his son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, Jesus wanted us to know he was the way. In, in, in verse number 18, he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I didn't do all this for the past three and a half years just to say goodbye. He says, I'm coming back to get you. Because a father, this father is going to stay faithful to his children. Jesus is the way. But then Jesus introduces later on in chapter 14, he promises another helper. This is really rich in doctrine and in Bible teaching because we have 
in the beginning of John chapter 14, Jesus, Jesus acknowledges and talks about God as Father, says he's equal with God as Father, said he's leaving, and when he leaves, another part of the, uh, of the being of God is going to come down to this earth and live inside other believers. Jesus promises in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18, which I want to read to you, another helper. He says this, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, somebody else that's going to be a defender of you, somebody else that's going to uh, bless you, somebody else that's going to help you understand the word of God, somebody else that's a teacher. An advocate is somebody who's for you. If God is for you, who can be against you, right? I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Here he is, the spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you, the Bible says, again in verse number 18, because I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not just leaving. So I'm giving you something better. It's not just going to be standing in front of you like I'm able to do and performing all these miracles. This part of my presence is going to live inside of you. And you're going to be part of God's physical presence here on the earth as the temple of God. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Jesus promises another helper. He wants us to understand that he and his father are one, right? He talked about that in the beginning of the chapter. This is reiterated from John chapter 10. He says in John chapter 10, verse number 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one, this is so beautiful. I want you to listen to this, this passage. It's just so powerful. He says, I give them eternal life. They will never perish. You ready? No one will snatch them out of my hand. So when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are in his hand. You're safe and secure. You're covered. You're under the protection of him. He says, I'm going to give you eternal life and nobody can take them out of my hand. Then he says this in verse number 29. My father who gave them to me, right? He placed them in my hand, is greater than anybody and nobody can snatch them out of my father's hand. So you have, we're placed in the safetyness, in the safe place of Jesus Christ and we're in his hand, right? It's just that song. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got all believers in his hand, right? And then the Bible says, that nobody can even snatch them out of my father. So we're kind of double protection here, right? We're in, God, we're in Jesus' hand. We're blanketed by God's hand because Jesus is in God's hand. He says, I and the Father are one. So we're double protected. And then listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 30. He talks about this protection. We're in Jesus' hand, God's hand. We're one. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. With whom? You were sealed for the day of redemption. You get what's happening there? We're in Jesus' hand, God's hand, and wrapped up, protected, sealed. What does sealed mean? Sealed means if it's underwater, no water's going to get in. Sealed means if you put it in the fridge for a couple days, it's going to stay fresh. No air is going to get inside of it. It's an impenetrable force that we're safe in the hands of God. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, the Bible wants you to know not only that you're safe in him, but he wants you to know that you have eternal life because you're safe in him. It tells us in 1 John 5, verses 11 through 13. So I want you to kind of think about this. <coughs> the disciples were uncomfortable. 
they were scared. Is it okay? I know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He doesn't want us to be live in fear. I think it's okay to, to admit that we're a little afraid of, of what's going on right now. I'm secure in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I've I got to tell you, I know I'm going to spend eternity with him. I'm, I'm very secure in that. I know that not because I'm better, not because of anything else, but because I put my faith and trust in him, that if, if my life were taken from me today, I would be in the presence of God forever and ever and ever and ever. I'm just not ready to go there today. I want to see my kids get older. I want to see my grandkids grow up and get married and all those things. And, and I, I just want to be a part of their lives as long as God lets me do that. But when I think about being afraid, I'm afraid for them. I'm afraid for some of the senior citizens in our church and in our community and my own parents. Um, I'm afraid that people are going to get crazier before things start to calm down. But I'm not living in that fear. I'm putting my, ticking my fear and I'm letting it be under the umbrella of my faith. Because I do believe that God has a purpose through all of this. Wouldn't it be something that if today, on Sunday, the day that we're worshiping the Lord, online, that this was the largest attended Sunday service in the history of Warehouse Church, but nobody was in the auditorium? Wouldn't it be something that if today more people were exposed to the gospel because of churches doing things like this everywhere and people that maybe couldn't go to church did go to church or wouldn't show themselves in a church but watched a church service online in one of our brother's churches and one of our friend's churches all across the United States and the world and they did enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ because of what's happening here today and what's happening in churches all over our world. Jesus doesn't want you to be troubled and by, by doing that, we put our faith and trust in him. We have the assurance and, and frankly, we have the excitement that he's preparing a place for us to be with him. He demonstrated his love, his lavishing love. Jesus wanted us to understand, yes, you need to have a relationship with God, but it's got to come through me. And it's okay that I'm leaving because this advocate, the Holy Spirit that's going to come, he's going to testify of me. He's going to help you understand me. He's going to help you understand the Bible. He's going to help you understand truth. He's going to convict you of your sins, but he's also going to seal you super safe until the day of redemption. You see, there's a lot of things that we can trust in. I want my kids to trust in me, but I'm not perfect. I want my wife to trust in me, but I'm not perfect. I want our church to trust in me as your, as your pastor, but I know I'm not perfect. But what we can put our full faith and trust in is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants us to know, and this is incredible. Listen, we may not be protected. There's no promise in the Bible that says, I will protect you from the coronavirus, or I will protect you from a worldwide pandemic. That doesn't, because our understanding is just of today and life and the 70 or 80 years that we get here on earth. But Jesus wants us to understand there's something much bigger, much greater, much longer and much more permanent than the 60, 70, 80, 90 years that we get here on the earth. And that's going to that place that he's prepared for us. That's living with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And even though if our health fails us, if our government fails us, if our community fails us, if our families fail us, if relationships fail us, God said, I will never leave you 
or forsake you. He's that bridge. He's that bridge for us. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, after understanding all the things that we talked about today, he came to this earth, lived a perfect life for 33 and a half years. The Bible says he came to seek and to save the lost. The Bible teaches us that he laid his life down for us. Greater love is no man than this. And a man laid down his life for his friends. He laid down his life so we could have forgiveness of sins. And he did that so we could have a relationship with God. That's why <clears throat> in order to have a relationship with God, it's through Jesus Christ. It's through what he did on the cross by dying, pouring out all this blood <clears throat> so we can have forgiveness of sins. If you don't have a relationship with him today, would you pray with me? Right in your living room, maybe with your kids, maybe with some relatives that are with you. Maybe you can forward this, this church service today to a friend that might need hope today. Their hope today is just like it is for you and me is in Jesus Christ. And if you don't have a relationship with him today, would you pray with me and invite him to come into your hearts and let him be that bridge over troubled waters in your life today? If you need him as Savior today, would you just bow your heads and pray with me? Father in heaven, we're going to introduce people uh, to be able to pray and enter into a relationship with you. Father, the advocate of the Holy Spirit, I pray right now is giving people that are hearing this an understanding of what Jesus did and how he is the way, the truth, and the life. I pray that we would see many people respond to this today and come to know you as personal Savior and that these words that we talked about today can be a comfort to all people um, in our church community, in Plano, Texas, and maybe even all over the place that need words of comfort in their lives this morning. Friend, if you don't know Christ to save you this morning, I'm going to invite you right now. If you want to invite Jesus Christ into your life to save you, just bow your heads right now and say this prayer. You're not saying this to me or anybody else that's in the room. You can do it nice and quiet. But I'm going to encourage you to pray and put your faith and trust in Jesus. Believe in him that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Believe that he wants to be that passageway, that bridge for you to have a relationship with God. So would you pray this prayer with me? Just bow your heads, close your eyes, and say this to our Father in heaven this morning. Just say, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son to pay for everything I ever did wrong. Would you come into my life and save me today? God, would you forgive me of my sins? Help me to live for you. Thank you for dying and paying for my sins. Thank you for being alive and for preparing that place for me today. Thank you for saving me today. I put my full faith and trust in you. And then close your prayer off and just say, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, I would encourage you to do something. Or go online today or follow this on Facebook. And, and in our feed, just put your name and say, I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart this morning. If you're not comfortable doing that, shoot us an email at <clears throat> hello at warehousechurch.com and we're going to get in touch with you right away and send you some information and send you a, an affirmation of how happy we are that you're now part of God's family with us. Church, we do love you and we want to encourage you to do some things in a few minutes. Uh, moments, Johnny's going to come up. Our youth pastor is going to share with you some things about how you can participate in this last part of our worship.
in online giving, uh, some things that are going on in our church. <clears throat> but I would encourage you today, uh, if you would, to take this message and forward it to somebody or tag somebody in it or send them to our church website if they're not on Facebook where they can uh, click the link and watch this service online. And maybe it can be words of comfort for them, but maybe it can also be an opportunity for them to come and know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Uh, when Johnny talks, he's going to talk to you about the importance it is, church, for us to participate and stay faithful in our tithes and offerings. And I'm saying this to our church family. If you're, if you're not part of Warehouse Church and you wanted to send us a gift this week, God bless you. We love you for that. But the members of Warehouse Church have a responsibility to take care of the needs of this church through their tithes and their offerings. And we celebrate that. We honor those that, that give and are so, so faithful all the time. But church, we really need you to stay faithful during this difficult time uh, because it, you are the lifeline. Uh, your generosity, that, that you're obedient to God and keeps our ministry going. Uh, we want to help families that are hungry through this time. We want to get people toilet paper that need toilet paper, as silly as that sounds. Uh, but we do have some families going through some things. I know in the next couple of weeks, even before the stimulus package from our country happens, that we're going to hear about families that may need some help with with food or with rent or something or, or to get home. or We just don't even know what's in front of us right now. But we've got to be prepared for that. And the only way we can be prepared and sustain the ministries of Warehouse Church is through your faithfulness and through your giving. And I pray that God would just do something crazy, generous through you, that he would bless you unbelievably for, and we'll celebrate that together as a church. Church, I love you. Please reach out to us this week. You're going to hear about our church hours, uh, ways you can connect to us, ways that you can communicate. I'm going to be online every single day at noon on our church Facebook page uh, and on my personal Facebook page. And then I'm going to send out in the afternoon something on my personal Instagram account just so we can stay connected. But you make sure you get some of this information uh, and understand it so you can understand what's happening in our church and share it. We're sending an email to you. We're putting it out on Facebook. To, uh, on, on, we put it out on Facebook on Thursday at noon about our service schedule. That's how you found out about our service today. Uh, but uh, today and next week, we're going to be having an online church experience, and that's to be determined in the future. But we'll give you plenty of notice for that. We may have to do this for a month or so. It just depends on, on what the limitations are in our community. And we're going to honor those. We're going to follow whatever uh, Plano the state of Texas and the United States of America encourages us to do for the safety of our community and your families. And we, 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 we want you to know that we care deeply about that. So I look forward to seeing you throughout the week at noon. God bless you, church. Uh, we look forward to connecting with you all throughout the week. Thank you.